0: Welcome, so uh, my, I don't know, I I mean ideally we'd have like a coffee bar in the middle and a couple of stools here, (laughs) I was gonna say I'm by occupation I'm a researcher so uh, but I'm not gonna be a researcher this morning with you because otherwise it'd be really uncomfortable (laughs) No, no skeletons come out of the closet. I'm not going to cross examine you or anything like that. So, yeah. But thank you so much for. I wish you had stools. Do we have any stools? Not I really. Can sit on the step. No, we have one. How about I give you one? And you can fight over it. <laughs> whoever's, whoever's yeah, whoever's talking can sit on the stool. Oh, there we go. No, I'm good. I mean, I have to be here to not cross examine you. <laughs> um, all right. First, a real easy question. I mean, there's a few prepared questions, right? But I'm just going to throw a couple of easy ones here. <laughs> but they're really easy. Um, when did you first join us here?
1: Either of you. I, I was trying to remember. I couldn't
0: remember.
2: I think it was in October. Yeah. We've, well, it's kind of it's going to come up in our story. But I think we came a bunch of years back when we first moved back to Vancouver, and then uh, you got a job somewhere else, and then we came back in October. October, I think, was when we decided to come here full-time after checking out a bunch of places.
0: And I think you're gonna each tell me a little bit about your journey, and I think in that story will come up where you were before here, right? Carol, we're correct. and so are we doing ladies first or are we doing you and then she corrects you or <laughs> what do you want to do? Oh, okay.
2: We're taking a course, so we'll be better at this. We're oh, you're taking the point. relationship course. So far, I just want to say, what puzzles me.
0: Is?
1: As long as you have clear
2: expectations on what's going to be said. Right. <laughs> well, now the pressure's off, then.
0: Right. And what I hear you saying is, <laughs>
2: <That's
0: a skill> <laughs> <calmer>. <laughs> all right, so um, Carol, I'll get you to start. My okay. question is, tell us, I don't know, like a snap version of where you grew up okay. and a little bit about your family, how you, m- <laughs> the juicy bits about how you met and yeah, married.
1: i got um, uh, some pictures on the PowerPoint. Oh, do you? Cool. Yeah. Oh. How does that work? You just, just have to shoot um, the one? arrow. The arrow, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so um, I grew up, I don't know, t- uh, 20 blocks away from here, just up on Kamloops and Grant. Um, four knows. older brothers, and do you want? Me? I'll just hold it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah.
0: I'm going to hold it then, because I okay. think it's not. I, good. I can hold it if you
1: want. <clears throat> there. Does that work? Okay. Um, so grew up in East Van um, and uh, became, my mom was a believer, my dad was not, um, and so I always went to Sunday school. There's this little Sunday school up on 1st in Nanaimo, um, that's where I went, um, and um, yeah, fell in love with, with God. Uh, at 13, my brother, one of my brothers, uh, had a skiing accident and broke his neck, and so that was a pretty big trauma. I was 13. He was 19. So he became a quadriplegic. And um, the fact that that has had on my life is, you know, there's obviously lots of effects, but it gave me, uh, I think, a heart for the forgotten. Because at that point, kind of everything disappeared out of my life. You know, my parents kind of disappeared because I had to deal with my brother. um, And I felt like I disappeared. And so um, I, have a, I have a heart for people that are the invisible. Um, and then met this guy yeah. when I was 18. That's when we got married. I was 19. He was 21. So that's like 34 years ago. I know Yeah, the puff sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seven years later, we started having this bunch of this group, our four kids. I know they're so cute, aren't they? I know you think your kids are cute, but mine are adorable. They're, they're not that size anymore. Um, this was us when we moved to Mexico, and Gord will, will uh, talk about that. Uh, and this is the group that's with us at, living at home still, and these lovely ones are in Ontario, and those are our three grandkids. Hey, yeah. okay, it's Gord's
2: turn. <clears throat> So you can hold it. Um, So I grew up in the church uh, from day one, literally, pretty (laughs) much. My dad built it. Um, But uh, and with it came a whole mixed thing. So I loved uh, their home groups and the potlucks because they gave me cheesecake and lasagna. (laughs) And that community thing, I think, stuck. And my parents are very active in the background. So the whole idea that you serve purposely came up. Um I was hyperactive, and so sitting in a pew staring forward was pure hell so there's it was a mixed bag <laughs> and uh, but I was loved and uh, but as a teenager, I kind of started thinking to be uh, <clears throat> politically a socialist anarchist would have been more effective in the world than church and I had a wise youth leader that sent me away to Mexico when I was in high school uh, and It was kind of there that I could kind of see this kingdom that Jesus was talking about um, kind of stripped from all the cultural things that I found annoying like slow, lame music and long talking and all that stuff. And the joy that people had when they gave their lives up for something else. So in being in service, they actually had a lot of joy and I thought, well, there's some truth to this and maybe I should explore it. And the next year, I. We went back to Mexico as a youth group, and I recognized that there was this young lady there that was a friend of my sister's that was actually kind of (laughs) cute and wise, and so I endeavored to reform myself a bit and...
0: Get her
2: attention. Fool her into... (laughs) Thinking I was something good. (laughs) No, and since then we've kind of been on a bit of a journey about how to... Um, have a purpose of life, of service, and at the same time uh, have a life. Uh, And we did that mostly because she's very, very good at managing things, and I'm very chaotic. So that's how we balance the in-out thing. (laughs) She likes to stay in. I would rather go out.
0: So you find compromises. Or you just take turns.
2: we capitalize on our differences. Oh. So, So you stay
0: in and stay out, go out. She's
2: truly. We're true. I think we're an arch, and so we we complement each other very well on finding a balance. Yeah, <coughs> mm-hmm.
0: cool. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, the second question, you kind of touched on different aspects yeah, of it, kind of of but good one good or two kind of turning points in your right. life, in your walk of faith. Mm. Oh,
2: landmarks. landmarks in
0: your journey landmarks. with God. Landmarks.
2: And landmarks. So landmarks in our life have been a couple. One is um, the idea of community. We lived in a community house. We went to Mexico and did missions with this small group of people that were a community. Uh, We moved to England, and we're part of a a much bigger community, but very deep. Um, The other thing would be service. We don't, yeah, thank you. We don't like uh, hanging about. Um, We like being involved in, in things that have meaning, ultimately. And the other thing I think that was very influential was kind of, um, I'd say it's kind of vineyardy charismatic moments in our lives where we're kind of stalling out, and then it's kind of like, that's the next push. And so the first vineyard conferences were very... Well, I grew up in a hippie church, so they were fairly influential. And then the vineyard conferences, the first ones here, and then Toronto Airport was very significant and kind of... And then also St. Albans uh, Vineyard in England... And then now here, this has been kind of a, uh, <clears throat> one of those upswings from being disappointed in church and disappointed in, well, where our lives are at, to sort of like, now there's, it's sort of swinging upward again. Okay. So, yeah. hmm? oh, thank you. Yeah. And I think when I was growing up, I wanted only two things, and that was to go really fast and see everything. So that's kind of been influential, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess well, I guess Mexico and England, basically.
1: It's a lot, honey. It's only two. It's it's only two, but it's
0: not here. Yeah, there's many, many countries. Um, And Carol, would you? How would you describe? I mean, you mentioned your brother's Mm -hmm. accident. Yeah, but
1: were there other? Um, on your I, I think um, experiencing the you know the wave of, of, of the, the vineyard movement when it started uh, that was very influential um, you know it was so incredibly wonderful and so incredibly chaotic all at the same time so there was that really positive and then there was that oh my gosh this is crazy kind of stuff that happened all at the same time but it was one of those things that once you'd experienced it you could never, really be content without it. Mm-hmm. you know So I think in every whenever we've kind of stepped back from the church maybe a little bit or stepped back from involvement, it's always it's after a while you're just like, oh, I can't I need, I need that. I need I need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I need I need his influence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah I think I wanted to just ask you, both of you mentioned that there's been like highs like kind of highs and lows for Mexico, the church there your churches here, St. Albans, what would be maybe two or three highlights or experiences that you want to take with you through life that were just really, um, you want them to continue being part of your life, even though there were hard times and bad times, what were some of the good takeaways that you don't want to lose?
2: Oh, you'll hold it. (laughs) Um, I think... uh, over and over again, I go back and read gospel accounts and am and, and amazed by this kingdom that Jesus offers. And it makes me very, very excited, like, wow, we get to do all this really cool, I won't swear, but we get to do all this really cool stuff. And uh, it's, it's an open door for pretty much everybody. And uh, so we all can play. <clears throat> and so uh, I want to play. And I also want to make sure that everybody else can play. And so, I'm not trying to brag here, it's just, uh, I'm just saying my thing. And so, I think that makes me sensitive to when I'm around people that haven't experienced this kingdom or have been a part of it, to like, you should be here. And also, a little bit critical of the ones that are already here that might push them out. (laughs) So, um, I'm very comfortable here. This is one of the first places in a long, well, in Vancouver, pretty much, that I felt like it actually can exhale and kind of relax, and that um, I don't have to, as a square peg, become a round and a round hole. And so that's been very, very, uh, this has been a very good launching pad, even though we haven't been here very long, to kind of go, I, can, I could pretty much invite anybody I know or run into, and, uh, and I can play, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, related. Tell us a little bit about your upcoming trip and how it connects to the past and to where you're hoping just to go in your journey. Um,
1: I think when we lived down in Mexico, we really, uh, we had some community up here. Um, but when we moved down to Mexico, we had a very, very tight-knit community that we worked with. And that, you know... You, always, you were always looking for that. Where can we find community? Where can we find community? It's really hard in Vancouver. Vancouver is crazy shut off, you know? So um, when we, we searched all the churches in the neighborhood because we wanted something fairly near to us so we could build community, and it was <clears throat> so many of them you walked in and thought, mm, nope, <laughs> it's not gonna happen here. But we, that was one of the reasons we, we came here is we felt like, yeah, we could, we could be a part of a community here. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. But. You, when you <coughs> go back to Mexico, are you mm-hmm. going to
0: the same mm-hmm.
1: project? Same in, area where we lived. Where you lived. Yeah. So can you tell us about that area where mm-hmm.
2: you lived okay. and what you were doing and what you're going to be doing? Sure. So it's in uh, Baja California, which is the long, skinny part. It's about 350, are you going to tell me I'm wrong? I but, don't know. Okay, <laughs> 350 kilometers south of San Diego. And it's an area that's pretty much agricultural, so most of the strawberries you get in winter come from down there. Uh, so there's a lot of, displaced indigenous people that are brought up there to work and so that's who we decided the organization decided to minister to and then I when I went down there developed a house building program and uh, for mostly abandoned women so that's pretty pretty normal that by the time they're about 20 they have four kids and the man's left so that's who we worked with Uh, And then we were, basically we were relying on people coming down from all over North America to do the work, but we as a group were pretty tight. Um, I think there's like about 12 families and a whole bunch of young adults. And what we really loved about Mexico too is we'd come home often on a Friday night late and our house was full of people that had just decided to come over and use our TV and (laughs) living room to have a party and they would stay until and we loved it. So by the way, we live just down the road. So <laughs> anytime anyone wants to come over, we're we're we love that feeling that you like yeah, and if you had a problem, there was people always around with you. Um, and when you were celebrating there was lots of people and um so that that part of community we really really loved as there. So <clears throat> these are our friends and they're still doing the work down there. And so about once a uh, Usually at spring break we go down and try to build another house. Um, do you have? I do have some pictures. Yeah, here, I'll hold the mic while you do the pictures. Do you want, so, do you want um, some? Okay. and so this is kind of a typical house that someone might have. Uh, actually, that's a lot bigger. All the stuff in front is the new materials we're going to build with. But the, the cardboard and plastic, all that plastic is what they use to gas the fields, and the black plastic is the irrigation line. And the cardboard is what they box the strawberries in. So they're basically putting together a house with whatever they can cobble together. And that's some people taking a break, (laughs) not really doing anything there. Open up the wall. Oh, yeah, that's it. And that's putting the roof on. Anyway. Just so you know, there's still, if someone wanted to come down, we're going down on spring break, March 18th or 19th, and anyone can join us. We don't have like a long, do you breathe? Yes, you can come. Um, Oh, and you can legally get through the United States to get there. Um, More than welcome to have people. And we'll be looking probably next year to do a trip again, but possibly in the summer rather than spring break. But
1: uh, yeah. We we leave on March seventeenth. Okay. Yeah. Will you be
0: gone
2: for? It's usually a week. So it goes from a yeah. Sunday to a Saturday. So I've
1: got a few more pictures here. I'll just show you. That's that's uh, kids the kids the love to be up on the roof they, doing the roofing. Yeah. Um, this is a little shot of the of the interior.
2: House is about 20 feet by 22 feet. But yeah. There go. And that,
1: that is our group and the family that we built for. This was two years ago. They're right there in the front, in the middle. And then I just wanted to show you this picture. That was the mom giving one of the team members a hug. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's a, an amazing experience to go down to build a house for a family that oh. has very little and, uh, and then give it to them at the end of the week. So it takes five days to build it. And Anyone then, can do it. I had yeah. a
2: group of girl guides in grade five build a house in four days. So you don't have to know anything about construction. Uh, yeah. And the other things we do down there is we try to hook up with other people that are doing ministry down there. So there's a guy that goes to the garbage dumps uh, and feeds, does meals. We've often done that. We often, uh, there's a battered women's shelter. Uh, in Mexico, you're not considered battered unless you've been in the hospital for a week. Uh, to just to give you a kind of a context, so if you're in a battered women's center, you've been, not that any abuse is not abuse, but you've been really abused. Uh, there's also, uh, uh, what would you call it, a, day, a daycare center for um, kids with special needs. Uh, mostly they're just kind of wheeled in the house and people are ashamed of them. So that was, it. they get to play and hang out with people. And an old folks home, often the old people are just wheeled out on the street and left there. And uh, so these people, out of their own hearts, just took them into their house, so they have about 30 or so. So we like to build in the morning and then go visit these other places and see how we can help out in the afternoons. My favorite, though, is we have a friend. He's crazy. And he has about 50 kids up on the hill that hang around at his house. And he just loads them in a truck, goes to the beach. We put hot dogs in them and blow stuff up on the beach. And it's awesome.
0: I don't know. Uh, So, how many dozen tamales does it take to build a house?
2: (laughs) Uh, We're at over two hundred
1: right now. Yeah, I think by the time we're finished, it'll be two hundred dozen tamales that that we'll have made. No, No, that'll be about half. half. So,
0: how many? Four hundred and fifty dozen. That's <laughs> we'll, too much. We'll do something else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I okay. think we're going to set up a GoFundMe page. I think, yeah. and uh, we may do a taco fundraiser at a at a different church as Plus, well.
2: It costs about hundred and fifty dollars <throat> to be there for the week. Yeah. That's for your food and lodging, and so often people coming down are told like keep another hundred or two available to if we have to pay for the whole house we could do that. But
1: yeah. Um,
2: oh, and the other thing we like to do is buy. To go to school in Mexico, you have to have a uniform. And so a lot of these indigenous kids don't have the money. If you're making $20 a day and a uniform is more expensive than here, we help with getting uniforms for them and the books. And then, of course, because there's a lot of prejudice down there for First Nations people, they keep changing the uniform colors every couple of years just to keep... So we keep sticking it to them by giving them new uniforms. <laughs> it's very satisfying. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: I always love how there's an argument that uniforms are the great equalizer. You know that they make everybody look the same. But once you dig a little bit below the surface, that is just not the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, do you have any questions you'd like to be asked? If there's anything else you'd like to share with us, uh, do you have
1: anything? Uh, we could we could talk for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Does anyone have a question? Yeah.
1: Okay, so in um, I it was, a <clears throat> was a children's pastor for a couple of years um, and I've just become an education assistant. It's the same job that Gord does. So uh, we were looking to, to try and sync our lives that way so that during the summer we could have a chance to do some maybe travel and serve. So maybe do some missions trips. Yeah. Besides Mexico. Yeah. Mm.
3: Anybody
2: and, else Yeah, and I'm an education assistant. With,
1: yeah. Oh, and I also am the event director for a Ride for Refuge. Ah, cool.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Does anybody
0: else have a question?
2: Yeah. So the house
1: cost about $4,000 to 4000 US.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's base, basic cost. That's no beds or mattresses or. Right, but that's small,
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what happens is the, the average wage is about twenty dollars a day that they work. Nine fifty. No, no, no. For well, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> for for strawberries and blue and raspberries, for tomatoes and stuff, it's much less. And so, uh, and they're only working when there's actually uh, most of them are only working when there's picking to do, and planting. So, if you figure that out, you get maybe three crops a year and you get to yeah it's not a lot a lot of money a A property will cost about fifteen hundred dollars to buy, and they can get a mortgage for that and that's the only people who will build houses for because if they've were' not try, they're showing the a sort of an initiative to say, "I've bought this property by law, they then have to put up a fence and a roof within a year they lose their property, so that's why there's all these houses made out of Fences made out of irrigation line and stuff. But $4,000 is a huge amount of money to pay for. So a lot of them will use substandard materials, and then we've had lots of stories of kids and adults dying from fires because they're using plastic to live in, and someone, they still um, fire. And earthquake stuff too, like if the thing shakes and you're making it out of brick, it falls down. So we do, we build the Canadian standards so it's building code. So four grand seems like not a lot to me, but if you're making nine dollars a day and only working three months a year, that's a lot. And you got to still buy groceries and things. So yeah. I'll be, I'll be and doing things like this. Ah. There, in the valley where we lived, and I know of five other ones um, that do similar things from different parts of Canada and the United States, and. <clears throat> i think very, i think all of them are using the plans that we came up with because we'd go and say look at here's our plans you'll build a much better house this way rather than some of the they used to make them out of garage doors everyone in california used to tip up wood doors and then they all switched to roll up and so there's thousands of them in mexico and they just put four together and put a roof on but they're not i mean as you can imagine they're not super good but
1: There's there um, there's not really...
2: If you go to Mexico, they have a red and green light, and it just is usually always green, and then you don't look at them, and you're in. That, like, that's what they be with. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in Canada and Mexico. They don't really care how you build your house. Yeah. Unless it's a school. When we built a school, we did have to go by an approved code, but we've only done one of those because... Usually they want them built out of concrete, and we don't work with concrete. Like mm. um, one of the ways is how we pick the houses is we usually have um, elders, Eldresses, I don't know how you'd say that. that <laughs> Female <laughs> elders that live in the community, and they recommend people to us and then that way if there's an issue it's kind of like most of the people in these neighborhoods kind of go yeah that is bad you need to help these people um and when we we got it up to about 200 houses a year so if we went to a middle colonial, we could pretty much cover all the people with sub housing needs in a couple of years so it's kind of like you're you know you're number 30 on the list so you'll be up this year or but yeah there is jealousy and um as you can imagine but we, um we try to mitigate it by having people in the community pick and, and right. often someone will come and say my neighbor needs house, like she has six kids and they're living in tar paper it's not good so
0: we're super grateful that you're part of us you've <laughs> joined us we love having you, you. yeah um, we'd like to pray for you guys I mean I think I think right before that you go we'll have more prayer time but I'll pray for you guys now just as you're organizing everything and the rest of the funds need the to come in to and all those fun things. <coughs> and, um,
2: per works, I didn't say anything inappropriate.
0: No, no.
2: I didn't
0: do <laughs> all very appropriate. <laughs> I, didn't I was, was going to ask you some questions, but I think they're a little bit more, you know, so researcher questions.
4: And stay <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think it this is the time we get yeah. uh, I'm very grateful that God has brought you guys here. I was just saying, to Kathleen, you, you filled a huge hole. Um, I was thinking of Dawson and Leona when they were here. They just they had the big screen in the living room and it was the pizza place and people hung out and Yeah, and we've really missed we've really missed that and, and so
2: although Easy on the pot. In the lab. Okay.
4: Yeah. It's like... It's, it's like... In Vancouver, you have to watch out for potlucks and joint church services, right? Okay. So anybody wants to come up, let's bless them, lay hands on them, can we? And we're going to pray for their trip as well, right? Thank you. So, Lord... Your gifts and callings are without repentance. And you said, Lord, my works, those that believe in me, my works will they do and greater works. And we can't even comprehend what that means. But when I hear about what you're doing through um, this couple and their family and their friends... We just say, would you do that? Would you come, Lord? May your kingdom come. And we bless their coming. And Lord, whatever, whatever pain and angst and, and uh, dissonance they felt uh, in their journey to, to come to us. And, and, and Lord, the struggles, Lord, that, that all of that counts mm-hmm. for a treasure that you've been building and working in them. And we pray, Lord, that they would uh, be able to find a place uh, where they can co-journey with people of like heart and like mind. And, Lord, we just resonate with Gord's longing for this kingdom that we read about. We say, come, come, Lord. And Lord, come through these guys. Come in them. Come through the unique gifts and callings that they have. Come, Lord, with, with, with all of the passions and experience that you've given them. May they, may they have space and room, Lord, to just, to just go for it, to sink their teeth into this upside-down kingdom that you have privileged us to be a part of. So, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you for sending them our way. Thank you for... that. I really believe that you are a specific answer to prayers that numbers of people have lifted up for our church. You guys are a specific answer to prayer, to that. Without any pressure, just being who you are and and being loved and giving it. It's all you need to do. Just be yourselves. We bless that. We bless your story. And we're so grateful for the privilege we have now to be a little part of that mm-hmm. story.
3: Father, thank you for the vision of the indigenous peoples that resonates with us For on behalf of our indigenous peoples, Lord. Thank you <clears throat> that we say, Lazarus, come forth, that it's time the stone is rolled away and we see the indigenous people rise up in North America. We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection again of the of the, of the vision of Mexico that once dwelled in this place years and years ago. We had the vision of the sombrero. We had the vision of the teepee, We had the vision of the sari. We had a threefold vision. And we've now with Gordon Carroll, we just thank you, Lord. And I just see a quiver. Um... And the quiver is full of arrows. I thank you, Lord, that God can see himself as an arrow that's being shot forth, that his heart for evangelism and mission is just a wonderful balance between administration and outreach. This couple, we just come around them. We just completely support them. We thank you, Lord, that we can maybe join forces in the future with Lower Post. See some of our young people from Lower Post go to Mexico. We thank you, Lord, that you're connecting the dots for us, and we just now cover them with the blood of Jesus and ask that you would keep them safe and whole in the name of Jesus and bring people to them that just want to roll their sleeves up as they shoot their arrows from their quiver that you've given them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God.
4: I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't have enough many more
4: (laughs) boards.